0: Hello and welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is your host, Ashley, aka Ash Kitten. So today we're going to be talking about relationships because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's not talked about enough, the important stuff about relationships. Yes, we need to work on ourselves. But y'all know I spent four years working on myself and um, something that I realized today is that you can work on yourself all you want and work on the things like you can evaluate your past relationships and you can look at what you think you did wrong and stuff like that but um you can't completely fix yourself if you intend to be on a relation in a relationship without another person to also acknowledge things like we're constantly a work in progress always and so you can't like perfect yourself and then get with another person. I think the most important thing is that none of us are perfect. We have to acknowledge that none of us are perfect. And when we become a part of someone else's life, two things happen. We integrate our habits and everything that we do with the other person. And it becomes, um, it becomes something that we have to adjust to. And some of those adjustments are harder than others. Some of them are really easy depending on the other person. So when you add another person into your life, there are going to be things that you never realized you had to work on because you were solo. You were, you know, doing it independently. And now you have to work on those things with someone else. The things you work on solo is your confidence levels and you know your ability to notice red flags and you know things like that that you can do as a person and um, in all your you know friendships and things like that. So I want to talk about um, a situation that came up with one of my friends. Um, she is in a relationship and she was talking to me about it this morning and I'm not going to say your name, don't worry. Um, But she was saying that in the relationship that she's in right now, um, she felt like she is healthy enough to be in a relationship. And she took her given amount of time. She didn't rebound. She, you know, took a, I don't think she took four years, but she <laughs> she took her, you know, she took a little bit of time. I think it was like a year and a half or something like that before she decided to delve back into her relationship. And I think that's a sufficient amount of time. I think I went overboard on the four-year thing, but also not overboard because my past relationship was very traumatic and um, still suffering from PTSD from it. So anyway, um, so she um, was telling me that she had, uh, been texting her boyfriend, and, um, there was, he, he brought something to her attention that he didn't like, and she got really defensive, and especially, like, I guess he mentioned her kids in the text, and it wasn't in any bad way, it was just that he mentioned them or something, like, said something like, um, you know, I guess you don't have time for me because you're doing stuff with the kids or something. But the way he worded it, because I read the text. Um, not all of them, because they had a lot of text between them. But I read, I skimmed it, okay? Be honest. But basically the gist of it is he was pointing fingers at himself. Like he was apologizing in a way. But it came off very condescending when you read it. But he wasn't meaning it that way. And so one thing i want to say is things get lost in translation and text all the time and we can take something one way and apparently she was having a bad day that day and stuff and i understand that because i've been having some pretty bad days um myself and you when you get a text um sometimes how you feel in that moment is how you interpret that text because you're not getting context you're not getting tone and to base context on so someone could be like have a nice day and you could be taking that as like condescending like have a nice day like you you know I've and I've seen that before where someone is being nice genuinely nice and the person takes that as like they're being condescending or sarcastic like oh yeah well you have a nice day too thanks for you know being rude but they're not, they're not being rude. They just took it that way because of the mood that they're in. And so we have to constantly be hyper aware of the mood that we're in when we're dealing with other people and also not to rely on text to communicate. I think that we rely on text way too much to communicate through social media and text and text should really just be a tool to communicate basic things that can't be lost in translation. If you are trying to communicate feelings, just feelings alone can get lost in translation in person so imagine how quickly something can get misconstrued when feelings are involved with two people between two people i don't care if it's brother and sister and uncle cousin friend whatever it can get lost in translation so easily through text So I want to say that texting is probably not the best way to do anything that involves emotions. Definitely not any major things too. Like I see people break up with people in text or, you know, those that's coward way out. Like be a person and show I think that we desensitize ourselves to emotions a lot like if you were on the phone with the person then you'd be a little bit more or even in person in person with the person you'd be a little bit more sensitive to how they take that breakup and not just be like okay I'm done I'm over you you're stupid blah 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 you know I've seen people just be so cold and and um because they're able to do it through just a text message and um And it desensitizes us. It makes us less aware of other people's feelings. makes us more selfish. Um, So that was my first point. Don't communicate through text at all. Anything important that involves feelings or major life events needs to be communicated in person. Um, And second thing is we need to realize that we should be working on ourselves and not think that we are perfect in any way and that we should listen to the other people's feelings because their feelings are valid. If they are having a problem with something, then you should acknowledge that because what that's going to do is, one, if you act defensively back to them, that's going to shut them down from telling you their feelings. And what's going to happen is when something comes up, they're going to stuff it down, but it's not gone. Talking and communication is the second most important thing in a relationship, almost tied with trust. I mean, trust is the single most important thing. Trust is, are you reliable? Are you honest? Do you keep your word? You know, those things are really, really important. And I did a devotion this morning that um, was talking about that. And I want to bring that up too. I know I'm all over the place this morning, but my mind is, you know, like all over the place. But that's just me. So, when we forgive someone, um, we kind of misconstrue that with forgetting. Like, they say, forgive, but don't forget. That's true. You shouldn't just automatically trust someone immediately, um, even if you forgive them. We should give forgiveness freely, but forgiveness is choosing not to harbor anger. It doesn't mean... You have to give full trust back. It doesn't mean that they don't have to face the consequences of their actions, meaning the natural consequences of you not trusting them. If someone came into your house and stole money from you, would you let them back in your house? Think of that as your heart. Someone comes into your heart and breaks it, hurts you, does something against you, um, then that you should be a little bit more protective. Of your heart and what you allow um, from that person that being said don't carry that exact thing to everybody else in your life just because someone came in your house and stole all your money doesn't mean that every person who comes in your house is gonna steal all your money doesn't mean that every person who comes into your heart is gonna break it but you have to kind of hone in on certain things i think some telltale signs are and that i look for is to be observant are people who they say they are are they um doing what they say they're gonna do do their actions and their words meet each other and make sense if someone says like oh i don't cuss and then you hear them cussing it even though it's a small thing and it's not something like oh this person's a cusser It's just that they are portraying to be something that they're not. And that's very dangerous because there's a lot of aspects where if they're hiding one thing, they could be hiding a lot of other things. Just be open about who you are and also watch and observe who other people are and what they're about. Um, One thing I tell my kids is that if someone is telling you things about another person and trash talking other people or you catch them lying to other people, but justifying it, saying like, oh, I lied to this person, but it's because I, you know, needed this to happen, or blah, 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 or like, it's only a white lie. Then that's how they're going to feel about lying to you. You're not any different than those other people. You may think that you are because you're the girlfriend or the boyfriend or the husband or the wife or the sister or the brother. I guarantee you, if they're willing to lie to someone else, and talk to you about it, then they are willing to lie to you. And integrity and character to me are the most important things that you could have in life. You can take everything away from me. Everything. My money. My everything. I don't even have any money. But you know what I mean. You can take my my house. You can take my apartment that I'm not even able. I already have nothing right now. (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at. But Everything can be taken away from me. I can't say that I have nothing. Because I do have my kids. And I do have love. And I do have my faith. I do have things. But as far as material things. I basically have nothing. And. Um, or what other people would consider nothing. I still appreciate every little thing that I have. Um, but I'm getting off track here. Going on a side note. I definitely feel. Like, um, no matter what is taken from me, materialistic or whatever, no one can take my character, no one can take my integrity, no one can take the fact that I don't lie to people, and I know that everyone who I know very closely will sit there and vouch for me because they know that I don't lie, that I'm honest, that I'm honest to a fault, and sometimes that sucks in certain situations where, like, I'm honest and, you know, um, it, it kind of makes situations where if I would have lied, it'd just be a little bit easier, but it's not right. And I know that if I default one to one lie, then that whole Ashley doesn't lie reputation is lost because they'll say, Well, she lied that one time. Even though it's small, it's still a lie. I don't like to lie. I can't say that I've never lied in my life because uh, there was, like, a period of time when I was, like, 10 that I just, like, flat-out lied about everything. I don't even know why, what went through my head. I just remember that I lied about everything. I said that I won the million dollars in the McDonald's sweepstakes thing or whatever. Like, I don't know. I was crazy lying at that age um but and also i've learned that and i have lied in you know in my adult years i'm not gonna say i've never lied in my adult years but i learned from it and i learned that it takes years to build a reputation and i've been on that streak of not lying and being honest in every situation and and people are always watching you like Say you did some, you have an opportunity to show your character and show your integrity with someone, and um, and we're faced with these opportunities all the time, all the time, to show someone that our character and our integrity. Um, for instance, there, this one speaks out to me, I think, the most in my life. Because certain things just really, even though they're small little pockets in time that don't mean anything to a lot of people. I don't even know if Miss Tracy remembers this, but she was um, she was doing filling out paperwork of some kind and she realized, I think it was her taxes. What stands out to me was that she had the opportunity to lie and she even presented me with the dilemma. She's like, if I say this, it's kind of true and I get back more money. But I know in my heart that it's not completely true and it would be stretching the truth. And I'm going to do the right thing is, what she, is literally what she said. She said, I know that it, it's tempting to take the money and lie, but I'm going to do the right thing. And that spoke volumes to me. I feel like she had so much knowledge and wisdom um, that kind of transferred over to, to me that I absorbed Because I just was I admired her And I know that um, She was hated sometimes because of You know how happy she was all the time And and stuff like that But the thing is when push comes to shove No one could ever say she was dishonest If money came up missing No one could ever say she stole it It's Her reputation Was literally gold And if she needed me to vouch for her I know that she would be she'd be doing what she said she was going to do you know and and that's so important no one can take that away from you no matter if you have nothing in your life even if you're homeless on the streets don't even have a cardboard box to call home your integrity is still something that you can hold on to dearly and it is so valuable because there are not many people out there that value that Integrity and that spirit of character—it's not a big deal to a lot of people, even, but it is in a way too, because when they give out trust, when they look at someone and they say, "Oh, I know this person lies. I know this person does this," and da da da, then they're very quick to jump to conclusions on those people on other things. If you know money comes up missing or you know things like that, they're like, "Oh, well, this person could have stole it." and but when you have a squeaky clean reputation and by that I don't mean perfection she wasn't perfect I know she wasn't perfect she was even tempted by the idea but the fact is when she was faced with that dilemma she chose to do the right thing even though it was harder to do the right thing and that's what I want to exemplify in my life to other people and I want to be that person where every single time without fail I choose to do the right thing no matter how hard it is no matter what um what it is I'm being honest to a fault to where it's clear that if I was if someone were to um you know have a situation where they were like well circumstances are this but and they point to this but I know she's innocent because she don't lie you know I even so i was like gaming for a while and um still occasionally dabble but um i was into it pretty heavily and um there's a game called among us and you have to lie in the game you don't have to but if it helps if you lie if you're imposter (laughs) they ask you are you imposter and you if you are and you say yes then they vote you out and you lose so the whole thing is you try to bluff your way through the game as um, saying that you're the crewmate if you're an imposter. Now, if you're a crewmate, you don't really have to lie, but you're also trying to get people to believe you, everything they say. I play the game completely different than most people play that game. Um, it's very strange how I play, but um, when I play, I don't lie. And I don't even like being imposter because I don't like even the, the hint of trying to get people to believe something that's not. Like, to me, it breaks trust, even though it's a game. <laughs> Am I weird or what? But then when I'm... The thing is, when... I've noticed this when I was playing with people and they were like, I'm not imposter. I promise. I promise I'm not like, I know it looks this way, but I'm not. And then I believe them and then they are. Then the next time they say, I'm not, I'm not, I promise I'm not. It makes me more likely to think that they're lying. But with me, I don't say that I'm not, I've, I've probably have certain tells because I'm, Terrible at lying because I, I just don't and I don't engage in it. I don't like it. I don't. Um, I don't like the feeling of saying something untrue. Sorry, I have the hiccups. Whew. Or saying something that's untrue, and for someone else to believe something that I said that's untrue, and immediately I feel bad. Um this goes with pranks too. I'm the world's worst prankster because I will literally spurt out the second after I say something that's not true that's a prank It's almost like I have the um the liar liar syndrome the op- like where I can't tell a lie the pen is the pen is blue you know like i I can't. I can't. It just doesn't feel right in my soul. So, like, if I'm pranking someone, I'm like, oh, no, your car got towed away. No, it didn't. It, I didn't. I don't know why I said that. I'm so sorry. Your car didn't get towed away. Don't think that. Immediately, I say that. Like, and they're like, wait, what? Were you trying to prank me? <laughs> and I'm just the world's worst prankster. So, that is a fact about me. But also, because of that, I feel like no matter what I say, no matter what, people know that I'm honest with them and my integrity and character. Nobody has to go to that extent. And I'm not saying be that way. I'm just neurotic in that way. But, um, you know, when it comes to things that are important and talking behind people's backs and things like that, people notice. And if you don't notice, that's something that you need to notice that you should be aware of is that, if someone is talking about someone behind their back, they're talking about you behind yours. No matter how much they're sweet to your face, that's the kind of person that they are. Um, and I've, I've learned really to observe those things in other people. And that is why I keep my friendships um, at a distance at first and then slowly integrate them into my trust circle. I feel like once they're in my trust circle, I've evaluated them as a human being and they're like, it's almost like a, a, a they're in there for life, you know, because they're not going to change who they are overnight. You know, they might make mistakes. Everyone's going to disappoint you. Like the, this is the number one thing that you have to realize no matter how much someone loves you, no matter how much you love someone, they're going to disappoint you and you're going to disappoint them unintentionally most of the time, but it's going to happen because we're human and we make mistakes. However, intentions are different than mistakes. If someone is intentionally talking about someone behind their back, that's intentional. If something got misunderstood about what they said, that's different. But if they are intentionally causing drama, or they're intentionally lying, or they're intentionally doing these things, knowing full well that they're doing them, and and that um, they're hurting other people, intentionally hurting other people, then those aren't mistakes. Those are things, character flaws, that need to be worked on. There's a difference between mistakes and character flaws. I would say that I've made millions of mistakes, probably more than most people make mistakes, but I acknowledge those mistakes, and my intentions are never to hurt anyone. Um, Sometimes I word things, and I'm like, oh man that that really probably hurt someone the way I said that but I didn't intend to hurt them and that that's the difference between someone who is... sorry I had a phone call so basically what I'm trying to get at is that honesty and integrity and those things are very valuable and very important and you don't have the um the Because it's the type of person that you are, you know? Like, are you a person who intends to hurt people? or Are you someone who's not? And when you start um, really honing in on these signs of what a good person represents, like what a good person is and what a good person isn't, um, the kind of character flaws that you just won't accept in your life, you know? I think that people are capable of change. And people who lie can turn their life around and tell the truth. They need to understand, though, that one truth doesn't make all the lies go away. And two truths don't make all the lies go away. And hundred truths don't make all the lies go away. It takes years of building up a better reputation for yourself. If someone would have known me from when I was 10, and that's it. They knew me when I was 10, and then they met me now. I'm sure that they would still think, because that's the impression that they had of me, I'm sure that they would still think that I made up a lot of things and lied lied about a lot of things then, so why don't I now? Until they see over time that, okay, she's not making up things, okay? She's not, she is being true to her word, observing, you know, my actions match my words. And, um, And then over time, they would realize that I'm not the same person. So people are capable of change. Um, and we as humans lie for different reasons, but the reasons are never justified. Um, unless it's life or death, you know, like that is the only situation that I would put myself in to lie. If I were kidnapped and whatever my kidnapper, whatever lie I needed to tell my kidnapper to get away with my life, I would tell them because it's life or death. Other than that, um, or losing my kids, if it it boiled down to it, those are the only two things that I would lie to protect, um, life or death, or losing my children, and by that I don't even mean like lie, I mean like, um, I don't even know a way that I w- would have to lie to keep my children from, you know, being lost, but... But if, I don't know, I don't know. But those are the two things that I would protect with my life, my life and my children's lives. You know, if I, it, like, if I had to protect their life, I would lie to you. You know, if for any reason martial law happens and all kinds of crazy stuff happens and, you know, I don't know. I have, if I have to lie to protect someone, like, when in the Holocaust and people were hiding out in their houses and, you You know stuff I wouldn't be like yeah there's Jews downstairs I would lie to protect life but that's it that's the only way that I would feel comfortable lying because it's justified in that way I truly believe that um and I believe it's it's the only reason that you should lie you know um people say oh there's little white lies like if someone says like do I look fat in this and all you know you say no or whatever like share your opinion um do it tactfully but don't lie to people because then you know it becomes a matter of you not being trustworthy even with white lies and a lot of people don't understand that but um there's not a situation that you really should lie in We lie for, like I said, we lie for different reasons, and most of the time it's to protect ourselves from getting in trouble. Here's what you need to ask yourself. Do you need that consequence? Probably, because it'll turn into another lie if you don't get that consequence. Um, I tell my kids, if you tell me the truth, you're going to be a lot less trouble than if you lie to me. Because lying is, I'm trying to teach them that lying is worse than whatever thing that you did. Because it breaks your character. Like whatever you did was a mistake, but it breaks your character when you lie about it. That's where I lose trust. Um, So, for instance, if a kid breaks, you know, the cookie jar or something, you know, common scenario, they broke something of mommy's, and then they, oh, I don't know who did it, and they know full well who did it, you know. It would mean more to me my child coming to me and saying, mommy, I did this and I'm sorry. Then them saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. One, obviously someone did it. So they're all lying to me. And the person who did it doesn't even feel guilty enough to confess that hurts my feelings because I thought that, you know, me trusting it, it's valuable and they should value that the trust that I have for them to tell the truth. Um, And I value other people's trust in me to tell the truth more than anything, almost like more, um, more than um, material things, especially. And so um, we tend to lie to protect ourselves um, in situations from getting a consequence. But my children, when they come to me and they tell me something, the consequence is often less if they tell me the truth. So I might even just be like, oh, it was an accident. It's okay. But when you lie, it's like, oh, now you're in trouble for doing it because I don't know if you were actually sorry that you did it because you didn't tell me the truth. And it puts a deceit, a feeling of of, of betrayal into it when there all there was was just a mistake done. Even if it was a mistake that hurt someone deeply, it was a mistake. And... So that that's a lot of times why some, some of us lie, to get out of trouble. Um, so we need to think, like, maybe we should face the consequences for what we did, you know? Um, so maybe my kids aren't, like, what I do is I try to take preventative measures from things happening again. So I'm like, okay, well, how did it happen? I climbed on the counter. Okay, well, the rule is now I'm clearly stating no more climbing on the counter. So that that's not a harsh consequence or anything but it's a new rule made up that was um with the intent of preventing another accident from happening and a natural consequence that they can't you know they have some restrictions put on what they can and can't do I had another phone call again sometimes I get off track I'm sorry but uh (laughs) We were talking about like, the natural consequences of things that you have to accept that when you lie, you avoid the natural consequence, and you just make it worse for yourself. You're digging yourself deeper into a hole when you could just tell the truth, and it will eventually pan itself out. Um, you know, uh, some people lie because, really, like, I guess there's just many reasons people lie. I don't like to lie because, to me. No matter what nothing justifies it nothing can justify it if i did something that i shouldn't have done intentionally or not i fess up to it and i feel like that may hurt in the moment where i'm getting the consequence but in the long run i don't have to think of other lies to figure out how to get out of it and some people skate by very well on lying through their whole life, but eventually they get caught. Like, catch me if you can. Eventually there's, it's going to happen. You're going to get caught at the end and it's going to be a trail of lies that you left behind and it's not worth it. I live every day with a clean slate, and I love that. I love that I don't have to wake up and be like, who did I tell what, why, when, where? Like, I can't remember things as it is. you think I can remember lies that I told if I were to tell lies? That's that's something I don't even want anxiety for. I just think about that. The integrity that you have is also something that makes you feel peace. I think that's why I feel so much peace in my life. Um you know planting my my happiness into my faith but also that peace is there it surrounds me and even though when things get really bad and i'm not going to say that i don't break down and i don't have sad moments you guys witnessed one of my big breakdowns but i i have a peace when i when i calm down i have a peace that tells me everything's going to be okay and i don't have that feeling of something is going to is going to attack me you know even when I get attacked I don't feel I feel like everything is gonna work itself out because I'm gonna do the right thing I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna walk through this with honesty and to be just and honest and I think that's the most important thing period in in, in any relationship is that trust and honesty and then the second is communication and communication means saying what you feel when you feel it. We have a tendency to stuff things down. Oh, this person is doing this and this is getting on my nerves, but I don't want to say this right now. Especially non-confrontational people like me. You don't want to say it because you don't want to start an argument. Everything's fine. And you don't have to start an argument. You can use a lot of I words that that really show the other person that you're just trying to communicate to them how you feel. If you are not safe communicating how you feel in the relationship, the relationship will not last. If you're getting bombarded by just saying how you feel, especially if you're using tactful tone and you're communicating as sincerely as possible without any attacks, then the other person is not healthy enough for you to be in a relationship with. Um sometimes people can get defensive and that's okay but what I mean is in the past relationship the abusive relationship that I was in this is a sign of an abusive relationship that I'm sharing with you is that when you say clearly something bothers you um, let's say okay well it bothers me when you raise your voice it really makes me you know have anxiety and I don't I know that sometimes you get frustrated and you get angry and you raise your voice and it's kind of something that you do, um, but I just want to let you know how I feel and it makes me a little anxious and it gets me jittery and I'm not comfortable with it. So in turn, I may walk away, but I'm not ignoring you or I'm not trying to um, intentionally hurt you in any way. I just can't handle you raising your voice. So if someone can take that negatively and say like, oh, well, I can raise my voice when I want, da, da 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 and they go off on you and there's no resolve from it, then, and they don't see what they're doing wrong, then that's not a healthy relationship to be in. Um, what that's going to do is next time you're faced with something that you have a problem with, you're going to keep it to yourself because you don't want to get yelled at, because you don't want that confrontation um, that doesn't solve anything and just caused conflict, more conflict in your relationship. But when you're able to open up and say something like that, and then the other person say, oh, wow, I, I just, I was raised in a family where everybody yells and I didn't even realize that it bothers you. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Cause even when, you know, I was growing up, my parents, they yelled at, you know, each other even from across the room but just because they're loud people and they weren't even mad they were just saying like have a nice day you know like nice things like I just have a naturally loud um, tone and sometimes when I'm angry it sounds more aggressive when they can explain themselves like that and come from their point of view and then the two people can work themselves out by saying you coming to a solution where the person who is yelling says you know maybe I will be more aware of that when you're around and try my best to keep my tone down or maybe the other person like accepting the fact that the other person walks away and that's their way of dealing with it and not getting angry you know like that's how you work through relationship problems and once you find solutions to even the small things you can't just sit there and and accept those things. So, when you feel something, you should be able to express it when you feel it. Um, sometimes, you know, there's bad times. There's times where it's not appropriate to sit there and go into all of it, but get it out in some way. Um, even if you have to make a note in your, in your, phone about like talking about it later or texting them like we need to talk later um there's something that I'm wanting to talk to you about it's got to, the timing for talking about it has to be good you can't just like bombard someone as soon as they get home and say you know I really had a problem with this this and this you gotta like have a, a kind of a, a neutral ground but when I say talk about it when you feel it is that um, don't let it go days and days and days and days. Don't stuff it down. Make sure you acknowledge it, and at the earliest convenience, make it a priority to talk about, and and um, you know, not in a stressful situation, not in a situation where you have to keep your voices down. Don't do it in church. Don't do it around in public, but make it something that you guys can sit down and discuss, and um, something that. You guys can see, see from each other's point of view without any rush time. Like you don't want to do this five minutes before you have to be somewhere. Um, But do it. Don't like when you feel it, just make a note that you need to talk about it and put it somewhere so you remember because sometimes it goes by and then the next time they do that thing, you're doubly mad because you're like, oh, the first time they did it. And they're not going to know that it bothered you if it doesn't bother them they don't know all the time that you have things that trigger you or whatever like not everyone knows everyone's triggers and so my friend um was telling me that she has triggers from her boyfriend that are um that are things that he doesn't realize and I was like well you need to like open up to him and tell him about these things she's like yeah but they're normal things they're things that wouldn't even like no one would be upset about. I'm like, but you're upset about it. So what needs to happen is you need to work on these things of working on your baggage because you are bringing in baggage from a past relationship or past friendship or what have you, whatever was that scarred you. And they're doing something in the moment that bothers you. So just talking about it and resolving it, even if it's something like that they can't help, Coming to a solution about it together and making that person aware of the problem. And if it's not them and it's you, because that's the case most of the time with triggers, um, letting them know that it's not their fault that you feel this way, but that you do feel this way. Like, um, you know, people with PTSD when with um, fireworks and, you know, they, they were at war and they experienced gunshots and things blowing up. And now the sound of loud fireworks makes them anxious. It's not the people who are shooting off the fireworks to say, oh, I'm going to stop shooting off fireworks because there are people in this world that are anxious over the fireworks. Um, you know, but if you're in a relationship, you're close to a person that is experiencing PTSD from something that you can change that's small that doesn't take a lot of effort to change um, for instance turning up the radio really loud some people get anxious over that the radio being too loud and that's not anything that's a major problem in situation. most situations like some people it's not a big deal for some people it is some people it's a big deal so no one's going to know unless you open up and say, this is a big deal to me, but it's not your fault. It's not something that you're doing wrong, but it does affect me. So maybe um, me putting on headphones when I get in your car, or maybe if it's too mu- not too much trouble whenever I ride with you, if you don't mind just turning it down, even if I have to remind you. But let's be sensitive to each other. You know, If it's something that they can't help, like snoring... You know, something like that, a solution still needs to be came to because I've seen in actually a lot of relationships where that becomes a a form of resentment. Somebody ends up sleeping on the couch and, you know, that, especially husband and wife and things like that, like that does cause issues that, that further the resentment and further the lack of relationship and things like that. Like it, it gets to a... It becomes a negative um, interruption in their relationship. So maybe the person doesn't even know they snore. Maybe they need a CPAP machine. Maybe you're saving their life because they have sleep apnea. You know, like acknowledge it and don't acknowledge it in a negative way. Don't be like, ah, you snore. It's so disturbing because that when you say it like that, it's because you've dealt with it for so long that you've built up that resentment. But when you first notice it. When you first are like. Are you serious? Is this person going to do this every day of my life? Is this what I have to live with? No. (laughs) When you feel that way the first time. Bringing it up is not. For a lot of people. They're like oh it's not a big deal. Until it becomes a big deal. So if it bothers you. Bring it up right then. Because you're more sensitive to the other person at that point too. Because you haven't built up the resentment. So being like. You know, I know it's not your fault that you snore, but at night you do and it keeps me up and it puts me in a bad mood because I don't get a lot of sleep and I need my sleep because you know me. It's not your fault, but this is the effects of it. So I just want you to know that. Maybe we can do something to help your snoring. Maybe we can get in one of those nasal strips or I can put plugs in. Um, maybe both. Coming to those types of solutions together is what is going to make that relationship stand strong against any other and against any storm, because if you can handle the little things, which end up snowballing into big things, believe it or not. Um, because let's just use that scenario of the snoring, the wife can't stand the husband snoring. Or we'll switch it around because wives snore too sometimes. <laughs> The, the husband can't stand the wife snoring. So he goes and sleeps on the couch. And, you know, then she feels lonely and wakes up with no one next to her. And she feels resentment that he's not, you know, filling her emotional needs by being there because cuddling is very important to her. And, and then he feels distant from her. And then, you know, that snowballs. It just keeps going. And then when the person talks about to their friends like oh my god like she snores all night and I can't sleep they're put in a bad mood and then they're constantly put in a bad mood because it's every night and then you know the, it's just becomes a snowball thing where it's gonna blow up even if it's tiny it's gonna blow up and I call these weeds in a relationship because it starts out as one but then it grows and it smothers the relationship so these are things that you have to watch out for and so communication is one of the single most important things besides trust in a relationship those two things if you have trust and you have communication you've pretty you've got it pretty good compared to most people because a lot of people don't have either of those things or one and not the other um and that's you know, that's sad. The, the barriers of communication are very important. We are made to be communicative beings. Things may happen in our lives to make us less communicative. We were created to have companionship. When you isolate someone from someone else, it, it definitely becomes a detriment to their mental health that says something about communication. We need to communicate with other people. We need to share our thoughts, ideas, and feelings with someone. And that makes us healthier human beings. Um, You can still be an introvert and share your feelings. You can be an extrovert or an introvert and share your feelings. It doesn't matter what kind of person you are. You can share your feelings. It might be harder for some other than others to share your feelings. That's because you're dealing with past wounds. And again, you have to deal with those things. Um, The other thing that I wanted to say is silence kills a relationship. Silence does you and this is kind of kind of backtracking a little bit to the whole holding it in thing, but um two things that people do with silence. One is that something bothers them and they keep it to themselves and that snowballs into something. Or B they get upset even the other person knows that they're upset and they give the silent treatment to um cause the other person pain. When you withdraw from someone emotionally, um, you're, you're not doing them or yourself any good. Sharing how you feel is the most important thing. And again, if you don't feel like you can share with that person because they attack you, then something is wrong with them and you need to move on to a relationship where you can feel open. Your relationship and talking with the person that you're with should feel like the safest thing. You should be able to tell them anything And they should not be attacking you. Even if you hurt them, they shouldn't attack you. Even if you've done something that hurts them badly. Even if, say, you cheated on them. How they handle it, yes, like, you deserve to get yelled at. And yes, you deserve, like, you know, to be broken up with and all that. And more than likely, you should be. Because you shouldn't be in a relationship where you're, you're an untrustworthy person. You need to work on your mental health. But, um... the the ability to come to someone and openly tell them that there's something wrong and I guarantee you that cheating wouldn't happen if people told something somebody something as soon as they felt that something was wrong because that communication is there you're keeping that open and that communication keeps the lifeline open in the relationship so why would you go to someone else when you're Literally with the person that is your best friend. Unless, of course, you're not. If you're the person that's attacking the other person for sharing their feelings. If you're the person that's selfish and you're the person that's going through all of that. Then you need to work on yourself and not be in a relationship. That's that's a given. But um, I've said enough because I'm nearing the 50 minute mark. And I want to uh, I update you guys on things in my life so god is good and even though nothing like not nothing things have some things have worked themselves out for sure um but a lot of things are still undetermined and it's a little scary but i have full trust and faith in god that um he's gonna take care of me because he always has and he always will and i have that peace that passeth all understanding um Currently, my kids are not living with me, not all five of them anyways. Only two are, and um, that's hard on me because I don't, especially with my littlest one because I don't get to see her quite as often as I'd like to, and she's my little cuddle bug, you know, my little, my little munchkin, and uh, she's the one I interviewed on here a few times, and, um, and all my kids, they mean the world to me, but in the moment I have to temporarily be without them, so that way I can focus on some, uh, things, physical health things myself, and, um, hopefully soon get them dealt with, so that way I can, uh, be the mother that I need to be for them, um, and I'm dealing with a lot of things, like I said before, with each one of them, the trauma that they've been through with their father, and, um, the way that he modeled his behavior they they absorbed a lot of that and I wish that they would have absorbed my behavior and not their father's but um I also wasn't in a healthy place either because even if you're a good person and you stay with someone who's unhealthy you become unhealthy in the way that you're living because you're depressed and you're sad and you're there's things that are going on inside of you that you shouldn't be modeling toward to your children, so you have to be in a healthy place to model your yourself for your children. Yes, I still always did the right thing, yes, I still was honest and things like that. But they're also seeing other things, they saw weakness because uh, I was depressed. So, the dominant factor was the person who was winning in what they thought was winning in the relationship. The dominant one was my ex, so his. His personality traits um, were more easily absorb- absorbed by them because they saw him as strong and me as weak, and that happens in the um, animal world. Like we, by nature, we are um, inherently at the base form. We're animals, and some conditioning is a real thing. So what I what I did by staying in that abusive relationship was conditioned them to believe that the strong one was their father and I was the weak one. But by leaving, I showed them that I was stronger. By leaving, I showed them that, and I wish I had done it way sooner, but by leaving, I had shown them that I was stronger and that this is not something that you do. And I want, now they're starting to absorb my personality and character traits like the honesty and things like that slowly. Because they're still being deprogrammed from what they were. But the reason why um, people who are in abusive relationships, their kids tend to favor the abuser is because they are viewing the situation as strong and weak. And you have to be strong enough to stand up to that other person and say, no, I'm not going to let you influence my children. Um, Animals are the exact same way where if they see a weakness in another animal then they're not going to try to mimic that because that is not how you survive in the world and children deep down know that so they see a person that's manipulating in a relationship they see someone who's getting everything that they want from the other person they're not going to pick the weak one to mimic they're going to mimic the person who's getting everything that they want they're going to mimic the person who wins um in their mind wins Um, so, so if you are in an abusive relationship, you are extremely, extremely detrimental to your children by staying in that relationship. And I can't even force that enough. You may be thinking like, oh, I'm doing this for the children. You are not doing it for the children. I mean, you, that may be your intention, but don't because it is the opposite effect. We, we don't realize how much damage it does By staying in those relationships when you separate yourself and you become the reliable person that is always doing the right thing and but you step out of that and you say I am strong to stand up to this person then they see you as stronger and they say oh I want to be like that person because they are not letting them the other person walk all over them and even though the other person is manipulating they're not getting what they want and even though the other person is trying to you know be aggressive they're not getting what they want so I'm going to go with the person who is getting what they want because they stood up to this other person. They stood up to their bully. So they see the bully as stronger until you stand up to them. And then they see you as stronger. And then they emulate you and your character and who you are as a person. I don't think that has ever been addressed in any kind of thing I've ever read or heard of. So this is maybe a new concept. But, um, But it's definitely important for you to recognize that you cannot subject yourself to a negative situation and expect your kids to not be affected negatively by it and um and my kids the effect of it was they started being like their dad in all all the ways and now they see that I do you know they now see that he suffered consequences and that he's in jail and that I'm the one that is um you know taking care of them and so now they're slowly starting to build up um things within themselves um confidence you know and kids don't ha- automatically have confidence you have to tell them every day that you love them you have to tell them every day that you appreciate them and don't let it just fall by like literally make them know without a shadow of doubt that they're loved make them know that they have a purpose this is the most important thing you could ever tell your children and any time that you see them feeling down on themselves, don't say they're doing it for attention. Re, re-up their confidence level. If, even if they're like, oh, I'm ugly. Don't be like, oh, stop it. Don't do that. Say, you're beautiful. You are beautiful. Like, don't don't just dismiss when they say bad things about themselves because it's coming from somewhere. It's somebody, something someone said, something negative that they feel. Don't assume they're doing it to get attention. All right, well, that is enough time for today. I love you guys. And remember, please, please spread love, light, and positivity everywhere you go. And have a fantastic, wonderful, positive-filled day today. And be in prayer for me and my situation. I know God's going to get me through it, but I will take as many prayers as necessary. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Bye-bye.